Hello, everyone. And in today's episode, I'm drawn with Chloe. Chloe and Chloe has um, Crohn's disease, and and she's going to be talking about her journey and uh, and her Crohn's. So, thank you, Chloe, um, for joining me today. That's all right. Yeah, I, 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 I'm looking forward to hearing your story and all about your crimes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to happy to finally be doing my first podcast. Yeah, it's like like we said before, first time for everything. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah. yeah. So maybe just start off with Chloe, if you like, say a little bit about yourself. Um. So obviously, I'm Chloe. I'm 19. I currently live in Chichester. <laughs> but I'm from Oxford originally. Um, I'm currently at university studying um, for a bachelor's in theatre. Um, and I currently live with my boyfriend and we have two fish. <laughs> <laughs> two fish, yeah. Uh, so uh, have they got names? <laughs> um, yeah, one's called Grohl after the Foo Fighters lead singer Dave Grohl. And the other uh-huh. one's called Peaches um, after the mammoth from Ice Age. <laughs> good names <laughs> so, yeah well thought out <laughs> yeah definitely and and like um like with um like um like like with your Crohn's Chloe um like um what, what how, like how long have you had Crohn's um I've been diagnosed for coming up to just 10 years now so I've been diagnosed for quite a long time however the process of being diagnosed was a really long road just because back when it was first in the kind of works of being diagnosed it wasn't really very well known in the UK because obviously Crohn's and colitis and the whole kind of band is still very new to a lot of doctors and scientists and stuff so back then it was very like rare to be heard of it was kind of still an unknown condition really yeah yeah like uh like because he's quite young as well um getting diagnosed so um i can just imagine like how hard it is because it, it like at that age isn't it it's like the age you yeah. want to be like active like going out with your friends meeting up with people yeah so, it was yeah. it was very difficult yeah and it's uh like uh um like it, you're like in primary school as well yeah i was uh when it first started um the symptoms started showing I was in year four I believe I was in year four about to go into year five so still very young don't really know what's going on and just had to kind of trust people and go with the flow with it yeah just uh, like um like um like uh, like uh, well, like as you said it was quite um, a long process to get diagnosed in the first place and um, so it, like um like you had a lot of tests and everything like that yeah yeah big time yeah it started well I originally went in um to hospital for a hip surgery because I was growing too quickly in height so my hips kept slipping and they couldn't keep up so I had surgery to have um two pins put in my hips and I developed burn blisters third degree burns from allergic reaction I had to um an epidural and so I had to sit upright in this bed for about a week with a fan on my back so from where I was sat in this hospital bed, um, I eventually got abscesses um, down where you don't want them um, yeah. due from from like the sweat and the friction on these like plastic kind of bed sheets from where the hospitals are. So that's kind of what started the Crohn's. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm, um, uh, I'm, I'm quite similar to that. Like, uh, like mine's actually called, um, uh, it's called a, a, a fistula, where like, as you say, you have it where you yeah. don't want it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's very annoying actually because like like if you even just go out for a walk and like because you get sweaty, don't you? Like um, even yeah. just doing a bit of exercise. It and was it, it's unbelievably painful. Yeah, unbelievably yeah. painful. And mine ended up um, kind of cavitating over seven centimeters into like my flesh. So I I ended up having um, every week. Uh, twice a week I'd go into hospital they'd put me under a general anaesthetic and I was only like 10 at the time at this point and um, they'd clean it out pack it with seaweed and then they'd have a drain that was about I don't know four centimeters five centimeters stitch it in and then I'd have to sit kind of like slanted in all of my lessons at primary on a pillow I used to take a pillow everywhere and just have to kind of get on with it because I didn't really know what to do with it yeah yeah like it's a like you can't really like, like for anything i think any chrome symptoms that you do have i think 
like if you're in school and like I know in my experience that you do ask um you know, like your teacher come up to you and say do, 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 do you want to go to a nurse so like you can sort it out or go into another room but um like sometimes you wonder like you don't you, you think you don't want to get questioned or like um yeah told. yeah especially at that age loads of kids like just the way kids are they they love asking questions so being at the age where you're trying to you don't really understand what's going on yourself and some people ask why have you got a pillow you don't really want to say at that age why yeah. so I always used to just make up the excuse always oh, for my hips because I'd had that surgery everybody knew I had had that so I kept running with this idea that my hips were still causing me issues so I could kind of get away with it at primary yeah and was that like was that like your main symptom like like just starting off with your Crohn's like your hips and like um yeah all, all the, the first was was fistulas like massively that had such a huge impact to the point where um they were like they had gone to a crazy extreme degree that I had to have a colostomy to try and allow it to heal so when I was in year five, so I was about 11 at this point, um, I had to get a colostomy surgery and I didn't really understand it, but I knew it was going to stop the kind of like drastic pain that I was experiencing from these fistulas. So I kind of went along with it. I had a lot of support, a lot of like friends, well, family and those kind of friends around, but I didn't tell anybody about the bag at school. So I kept it very much secret all the way until secondary. I didn't tell anybody besides one person. And I was convinced that if anyone knew that'd be it, like no chance of having any friends or anything. So I kept no. it a secret all the way up until year 10 of secondary. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 what, like with a fish layer, like, um, like, like for me, like, um, like, like from like talking about your illness, like Crohn's disease, I think it's, like uh it's a, it's a bit different isn't it a uh, lot like talking about like official like, like it's something but some it's somewhere you don't really want to talk about and like like for me yeah. like I wouldn't talk about I wouldn't talk about it just to anyone like it just come kind of a conversation with it <laughs> so uh yeah yeah, yeah no yeah no I get that yeah I don't like I've talked to people like like you like I talk to people like if they have it themselves I would talk to them yeah because, it's much uh, easier yeah because you can kind of relate and it is hard to speak about as well yeah, I feel like anything still to do with Crohn's bowels, like it's still very much a taboo subject. And there is a lot of embarrassment around the topic just because it's something that I feel like from a young age you're kind of deemed upon that it's rude to talk about like bowel movements and it's rude to talk about this and that. And that kind of plays on you in later life, especially into adulthood, which is why I still think it's really difficult to talk about things like that, especially with people that haven't experienced it themselves. Yeah, and it's like, like, um, do, do you think, Chloe, like, from um, when you did get diagnosed, do you think it's, um, like, um, it's it's more known now, like Crohn's, like, like now? Oh, massively, massively, like, hugely, like, only, of course, only like 2010 was only 10 years ago, but yeah. the jump we've made from then to now is ridiculous. So, there were two three treatment options after a colostomy if that didn't work that was it like you're just gonna have to wait until we find something else whereas now there are so many options if one thing goes wrong there's another 20 backups so it's massively jumped yeah I think that's a really good as well because um like um it, it kind of like helps everyone doesn't it like um like 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 like, like with their illness yeah big time big time yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, there's so many medications, isn't there, Chloe? Like you, you, you can go on and um, uh, all, all these funny names. <laughs> yeah, no, I started off with um, the amazing Pred, the steroid, um, and I also was on azathioprine. Um, I was also one of the first um, under 16s to trial infliximab, which was the okay. IV drug that was very new around like 2012. It had been used in America, but very loosely over here. So they were like, we'll do a maximum of three. That's usually the recommendation, three to six. And 20 sessions later, <laughs> um, it worked wonders for me. It was fantastic. Yeah, and, and like, um, like, are you still on it? Or, 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 or? Um, I, I came off of infliximab in 2015 so I was on it for about two years or so um, and 
it kind of, my Crohn's kind of went into remission. I ended up having my colostomy bag reversed in 2016. Um, and then I flared again quite majorly in 2018, went back on infliximab, but I had grown and like antibodies to it. So it became ineffective. So I'm now currently on um, Hemera, which is a form of admin lab. And I've been on that for two years, once a week, and it works just as well. Yeah, that, that, that's like um really good, Clive, because like um it, it's quite I think we're quite so similar actually, because um I was on Infliximab as well um probably not as early as you because you you you, you, you was one of the first ones, weren't you? <laughs> but um I was on there um probably quite the year um maybe the year after or year I was diagnosed like in 2017, and I was on that a year Infliximab and um. It, it it was good. It, like um, uh, it, it, well, it's not a good feeling having a, a cannula in your arm, is it? <laughs> like a, no. a, 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 every like um two weeks, but yeah, it work alright. Like each time it went a bit faster. Um, but mm-hmm. all, all of a sudden, ninth infusion, uh, I have a bad reaction to it. Um, so uh, that, that weren't so good. But um, um, luckily enough, I had an appointment the next day with my consultant, and he said um. Well, we're moving on to like Himera, like like the the drug you're on as well. And I've set, I've been on that a year now, coming up to a year, and I've say it's working really well. And like you can do it at home, which is even easier. Yeah, big time saver, like massively from going into hospital and then having to stay there x amount of hours, depending on how obviously, like you said, quick the infusions are, because over time they do get quicker, but sometimes they have to slow them back down. Yeah. um so yeah for like a five minute job compared to a few like a whole day out it's oh it's great so much yeah. better <laughs> yeah because like, like going into infusion rooms it was quite boring wasn't it just uh just yeah there. Oh, yeah I think it's just the kind of atmosphere of a hospital in general is very draining yeah. like you can go in there with as much spirit and energy as like as possible but you will still come out there drained no matter how little amount of time you've been there it's just the atmosphere I think yeah I totally agree and they I think they put a drug into you to make you sleepy as well Um, yeah yeah (laughs) it is it is very tiring like infliximab in general I remember kind of being completely out of it for a good 48 hours I was completely shattered there was absolutely no way I was going to do anything and then after that I'd have loads of energy but the first kind of like day after was one hell of a drag <laughs> yeah like 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 I tend to have like um it, it kind of like like a lot of your schedule as well like the days they pick um sometimes you may have to have a day of school day of college um yeah. so it kind of maybe impacts with that yeah massively mine was always in the week and obviously when you go in there the whole day was quite like I said draining and draggy and stressful and then I'd have to take another day off the day after because sometimes I get quite sick after it just because of the strength of it um especially in kind of a young person's body um so that's two days out of education obviously at kind of like any age especially in secondary education that's quite a lot to miss yeah yeah because um like um I don't know like that because like you, you don't know about like maybe they don't understand as much um but like at, at that age like teachers and stuff like that but it's a uh, it, it's hard like um like because I know like um like like with a chronic illness you might need a like from the medication you're on you might need to go to it a little bit more um than yeah. other people and you do tend to get teachers don't you um that say uh you got you should, should have gone at break uh, and sometimes you yeah. can't help it yeah, no, massively. I was lucky in the fact that my secondary had um, brought in these things called toilet cards, where if you showed this pass, the teacher cannot question you. They cannot, like, say, oh, you should have done this, should have done that. They have to let you go regardless, even if it's just to go stand outside. Like, you, they can't say no. So I was quite lucky in the respect that we had those. But obviously, with that, still comes the question of, oh, why does she have a toilet car? Like, why does she constantly go? And all the rest of it. But I always managed to kind of dodge it and make up excuses just because it was still quite hard to talk about. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And like, like, I think like with Crohn's and Cards UK, that, that they have like the toilet cards, like can't wait cards where you, you can go and like, they don't, they don't, it's not like um, the law, is it? Like they have to let you go to toilet. It's like kind of their choice. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I hope like, 
in my experience, though, most of the time. Right, there has been a couple of times where I haven't actually used it. I've just asked. I said I've got Crohn's. I kind of wanted to see what they said, like if they would let me in um, without a card. Yeah. And then uh, one time they, they said, no, you can't because there's a staff member. And then I get get my card out of my pocket and I show it to them. And, and they said, yep, yeah, go through. <laughs> so it's, it's, quite, it's handy. Yeah, I definitely think it, it all depends on the person you speak to because sometimes they're like, they don't even know what Crohn's is because I've, I've been to a shop once and I've said oh, I've got Crohn's disease. Like, it means I'm, I kind of need to go to the Luca now. Oh, really bad urgency. And he was like, oh, what's Crohn's? Like, what, what's that? Like, why does that make you do this? And it's like, as much as I enjoy telling people and informing people about it, when you're in a state where you really need to get to the toilet, that is probably the worst time to start <laughs> asking. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just let me go to and then I can explain you what Crohn's yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and there might be times where they don't let you, and then you just got to think of think think for yourself and just go anyway. Yeah, there's been there's only been one time that I've actually had to do that, and um. We, I was in like an M&S and I just pushed past and just went straight away and there was a queue of people um, and they obviously started kind of being like oh why does she get special treatment like we're all clearly in a queue here and it was either that or mess myself and I knew which option I was going to go with even if it annoyed like the five people that were in the queue but after I came out I kind of just said look I have a disability You, even though you can't see it my insides are kind of messed up I need to go like as soon as I need to go I need to go I can't stand in a queue and wait and like other people that can I physically cannot and luckily all of them were really understanding and apologized for kind of like kicking off just because they didn't know because they obviously couldn't see it so that I got very lucky in that experience I think because I know not all people are so understanding of that yeah yeah, definitely like you do get like people looking at you like saying like like just thinking how come like they can use a toilet and I know like um like with disabled toilets and using them and like yeah. like um people do just think it maybe just for people that that are in a wheelchair so um like like of course they can use them but there are people that like us and maybe not uh, like look like we may not look like we need a toilet and we got a chronic condition but um sometimes we do really need to use it yeah especially with um having like a colostomy if I had to do a change in public because it was leaking, I'd always have to go in there with my mum at the age I was. So she'd always come in and help. And there would be a few times we encountered a few people that were like, well, your daughter clearly doesn't have a disability. So why are you taking her into a disabled toilet just because it's free? And my mum is a very strong woman who was very much against anyone shaming me in any way. So she would always speak out and be like, don't be so quick to judge. She's got this, mind your own business kind of vibe. So she definitely had a lot more willpower than I did. But I think that's definitely influenced me now, especially now that I live away from her and I'm kind of doing my own thing. Her kind of strength and power has definitely influenced how I respond to other people that have that kind of mentality. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, especially at that young age, I don't think like um, anyone would really would have like the confidence at that age because um you kind of build your confidence from that age don't you until like yeah like, definitely like now but um right like um like it is a, a slow process for most of us yeah definitely yeah, yeah uh chloe like well like because i know like, i see your page like you like talk about like your crones now like raising awareness um um how, how, how long would you say like you've maybe felt comfortable to talk about it and like help other people um I'd say comfortably three years maybe um in 2017 I went up well in 2016 after I got my bag reverse that was when I started feeling comfortable talking about it because I could now be like oh I had a bag but I now don't have a bag so there's kind of no reason for people to look at me different in that respect because I now don't have it which I really wish I didn't have that mindset but because of the fact I feel like I was grown I was grown up in a um, all-girls school and there there is a lot of kind of like bitchiness to girls and 
a lot of them aren't accepting and I was bullied throughout secondary quite heavily and that had absolutely no relation to my Crohn's so I didn't really want to add fuel to the fire and give them more reason to kind of bully on me so I waited until I didn't have the bag and until I was in year 11 to say anything about it because my mentality was I've only got a year left here I do my GCSEs then I'm out I don't have to talk to anybody that was ever here I'm probably not going to see any of them again because I'm moving to like a different area to do my education um so I kind of took that opportunity to be like okay this is what I have this is what I deal with and in that I kind of confronted the people that were bullying me at the time being like you've made my life so much more miserable because even though you didn't know what was going on you still kind of like amounted to that and you still were kind of the reason I had depression and now have anxiety and have all these things because they made me uncomfortable to talk about it even though they didn't know about it they definitely felt like made me feel as though it wasn't worth even mentioning yeah like like people like that just like not not worth your time are they like um just they they do it just to get attention and maybe to look look all cool like look at me um but like a, like my experience I've been uh, like people have been like that to me as well like they just like mean for for no reason and there's and there's that there is like um from a joke which goes too far to someone being very horrible to you um yeah which is uh it's not nice just like especially like um if you are in a a big school like um like um like like maybe an old girls school that um it, it, as you said it's not it wasn't just because of your crimes it was just just normally but um that's like like it's good that you 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 were like the better person and like uh just a, like went up to them because not many people would like when people are being mean to you aren't they you kind of get shy yeah I it took me a long time to find my voice it was it kind of went on for about a year and a half um until I kind of just went I literally just confronted the girl and just said what is your problem with me like what have I actually done to you to make you treat me like this like I have I don't talk to you I'm not friends with any of your friends I haven't said anything about you I don't go near you yet you're still treating me this way and that's when I kind of was like I have so many other things going on in my life that you're unaware of yet you're making day-to-day living 50 times harder than what it already is and I feel like after that that was kind of like a pinnacle moment for me in terms of I'm not going to let anyone treat me like that because I don't deserve it I'm not deserving of treatment like that yeah yeah like like I, I don't know exactly what you mean because like um like they just they, it's like for attention isn't it like they just um maybe they have no friends themselves they're just yeah but it's uh not nice but um I think like uh most people don't they and it it does happen like with having a chronic illness as well like people are mean to you just because you have that and uh because it it, it doesn't change who you are it's you're still the same person aren't you yeah definitely I think having Crohn's has it hasn't changed who I am, but it's definitely influenced a lot of my life in terms of how I now treat myself and how I treat other people. And it's definitely benefited me, even though it's been pretty horrific in experience. Um, it's definitely made me a much stronger and more resilient person. And I feel like I'm definitely way more compassionate to other people because I know I've been through so many emotions and like mental kind of challenges where I've I can relate to a lot more people and I try and just give as much love out as possible because then I know it will eventually come back to me yeah I think that, that that's a really good Chloe because like I see like like all stuff you're doing like spread awareness like to help other, how you like to help other people as well which is a, a, a really good way to be like a, especially like in a, a in a pandemic as well yeah it's definitely hard for people that are having to shield like I'm currently kind of back in shielding now just because I had the second lovely letter from the government being like we're advising you to stay at home and stuff so um it's definitely really difficult for people that feel like they're kind of 10 times more 
um, likely to get kind of COVID and stuff. Um, mentally, it's very kind of damaging um, as well as physically. Um, it is very stressful. The whole thing is very concerning and stressful. Yeah, and especially if you, if you do have like chronic illness as well, like Crohn's disease, because it like like just knowing like if you're like on like on Himera for example, that's like um, a high dose medication, and uh, like knowing that you can't see people maybe, um, and you're seeing people that you live with, um, like uh, there has been times where like um through the pandemic where it's, it's had it's gone up and down, isn't it? It maybe um like the, the R rain hasn't been as up as a, but um, it's like it's good that you can still socialise maybe via Zoom and and just like FaceTime. I think. Yeah, I think every every little bit of um kind of social interaction is really important, even if it's just someone messaging you out of the blue, being like, "Oh, I hope you're alright," and then they don't respond after that. Like even just that small little thing can completely change your day. Otherwise, it's you kind of get into a repetitive routine of trying to wake up as late as possible so you don't have to deal with kind of like the blankness of a day but it's definitely about finding your hobbies and staying as entertained as possible and doing things that possibly make a difference from your home yeah because like like um it's, it's kind of like um although the virus is bad very bad but there are some good things to take out of it I think yeah I think I definitely use this time as like a self-development period because I will never have this amount of time for myself again I know that once this passes there won't be times in lockdown where you can you have like four weeks to do whatever the heck you want in your own home so I think it's really important to use that time wisely and pick up things that you can kind of use for the rest of your life if it's like an online course in something or taking up a hobby or anything like that I think it's really important to use this stretch of time to develop yourself and better yourself yeah I think I think that's completely right and like because you like like there's so many things like you can learn like like um I think like we said before didn't we like we learn things every day and uh like learn something new do new things and uh yeah you can still do that while, while you're at home I think yeah definitely and like 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 with yourself chloe like because you said um it's been very stressful like for you um like um has that like um um like how has it impacted you quite quite a bit like the pandemic um massively um in march um i did get covid um and it was unbelievably difficult to cope with just because my immune system is very poor and at one point I was genuinely not too sure if I was gonna survive it so I wrote kind of notes to my family and friends being like if if I die then this is what I want to happen and this is the note I want you to take with you for your life so I feel like after that experience it definitely kind of changed my opinion on it because obviously a lot of people are throwing around that the flu is like like the uh, COVID is like the flu and I was very sure that it wasn't. And then after experiencing it was now, I'm now very certain it's not. <laughs> um, and I feel like dealing with it so early on and now seeing kind of what it's done to people and what it's done to families and communities and businesses, it still irritates me that people aren't taking it seriously. Yeah. Um, but mentally it's been, it has been tough. It's been challenging. Like it, I mean like it has for everyone but I feel like when you're dealing with um a condition like Crohn's or like colitis it's it makes it 50 times harder just because you're so much more restricted and you're so much more at risk yeah I, I think that's completely completely right like like um like it, it's uh, it's amazing that you did get um like um coronavirus um like 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 could, could you actually compare um from and maybe a normal flu cold to the coronavirus um in terms of kind of like the fatigue and yeah. the kind of kind of like um really almost dead feeling it's very much like that however i'd say if you've had the flu before with ibd times it by 10 and that's covid like it's ridiculous it's a ridiculous jump up from how 
the flu is like the flu is literally a walk in the park compared to covid <laughs> definitely yeah, yeah. It, it, it's amazing like some people like they just just think um like um it is like the flu don't they like um the covid and it's um like like, as you said it's quite upsetting that people don't take it seriously some people yeah I feel like um because the general message of you like the general message that's given out is if you get covid you might have some symptoms you might not like it's it won't be that bad like you just kind of got to deal with it I feel like that's what people then take and they're like oh it's like the flu it's fine it might be like the flu for you but then if you've got that man if you've got that mentality of oh, it won't hit me that bad. And so you're careless with your actions around it. You then put vulnerable people at risk and that's the bigger issue. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, um, like I feel like the people, like you kind of do have to look out for yourself because you can't like, like say, well, when you, was, you could meet people and it was okay to meet people because um, like for, from a distance that like it's hard isn't it like with um like maybe seeing your friends meeting up and like just saying you can't go because the, the, there's a pandemic about and you yeah. don't know you might have the virus it's because people can get it without getting showing symptoms symptoms yeah exactly yeah. that yeah and like like um so it like like this is like fatigue for you um Chloe is that another big symptom for you like with your Crohn's yeah massively I feel like out of everything fatigue definitely hits me the most I am practically always tired I get b12 injections every three months to try and kind of help that but in the first month of having a b12 it's not too bad but then after that it does kind of trail off and I do find myself wanting to sleep constantly but I try and keep myself awake just because the more I sleep, the more kind of groggy and gross I feel. But fatigue is definitely a big symptom. Okay, yeah, like I, it's, it's the same with me actually. Um, fatigue. Um, I was actually on B twelve um injections like like the first time, but that that kind of started um from when the first lockdown was about. So it was kind of a bit risky for me to go to the doctor surgery and have the B twelve injections. So from, from like since then, I've I've had it once and um. But I've, I'm, now I'm on um, vitamin. Um, I'm on vitamin D as well, but I take B12 um, tablets as well mm-hmm. to try and help that fatigue. Because, uh, like as you know, fatigue is uh, much different um, to like um, someone that, that gets fatigued normally. Because you feel like you'll go to sleep all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, like it could go out for a walk um, one day, and then you come back in. And then uh, you're shattered. <laughs> yeah, there's little things like that. Like a day, it, um, it was especially doing a practical course. Um, I took performing arts for two years um, as an extended diploma. And every day I'd just come back and be like, I can't, like, I, I don't know how I'm doing this, but it would completely wipe me out. I'd have dinner and go to bed and that'd be it. I would just be absolutely knackered. Yeah, I, I can imagine, like, because before my nights, you're moving about and like, all the time and uh, you, um, you, you don't really get a rest. Yeah, it's definitely a big challenge choosing to do a practical subject. But I feel like if you want it enough, then you do get over it and you do power on through it and you find kind of like coping mechanisms and things that do keep you kind of going through those kind of symptoms. Yeah, definitely. And like, we all have our goals, don't we? And like um it, it, even if it's uh maybe a bit tricky like like with your fatigue um if you just put your mind to it I think you, you can get there yeah it's definitely kind of mental strength is a massive one um with dealing with anything to do with Crohn's or colitis like it's definitely like mentality and having a good mindset is definitely the biggest thing I would say in kind of p- p- like pushing through it all yeah and and you've got to be like it could, although it is quite upsetting having a, a like um a chronic condition because you kind of think to yourself uh so sometimes you might uh ha, like have, have a minute to yourself and like just think um what why have you got this condition but and then like because yeah. you, you have your bad days don't you and your good days yeah definitely I, th- I think everyone with a chronic condition I think everyone with an illness in general has always asked the question, well, why has this happened to me? Like, what have I done that's so bad to deserve this kind of thing? But my mum always says, um, 
the hardest challenges are given to the people that can deal with them the best and yeah. I think to a degree that has definitely kind of pushed me through it and been like well if I can make something good out of this then it would have been worth it yeah the, the, definitely and like um like here it does take time to like speak about it as well I think because you're I mean, not going to speak it as soon as, as soon as soon as um you know about it because you don't really know about yourself but it takes time like um like you said like you kind of started speaking about it like three years ago um and it it, it I think it's good because it, it, it's something to do isn't it it's like, it's like your own little hobby like just speaking about it yeah it, it definitely makes me feel good about it because the, the more I kind of speak about it the more I kind of reminds myself that this is this is fine to talk about it like it's it's fine it will do good it will make other people like hopefully it'll encourage other people to talk about it more and to just like the worst that can happen is someone makes fun of it and then you turn around and then you can be the bigger person and be like well why are you making fun of something that's so serious and then that makes them look stupid so I kind of go along with the mentality that nothing bad is actually going to come from this and it's probably going to do more good than anything else yeah I totally agree and like, cause you you you, you, you just don't realise like who you're helping, do you? I think that's a good thing, um, because like it, like the amount of people that maybe see um the awareness you spread um um like uh, if you just know it helps one person. I, I've always said it, if it helps one person, that's like that uh, 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 that that's good. Yeah, I definitely 100% agree with that, and especially like. Sometimes it's not even the people that struggle with the condition. It's those around you that know nothing about it and they don't struggle with anything like that. Them knowing about it help, like, will help you so much and it will also help themselves because then they're more aware of it when they see somebody else that has a bag. They then know what that's about and they know why that is, which I think is really important in just being aware of your surroundings and seeing the signs and being able to recognise someone with Crohn's or someone with colitis even though it is invisible is so important yeah definitely and I think like like, like the bag like with your bag it's a uh, it, it does take a lot to speak about that because it's kind of uh, another put and put aside beside and uh, speaking about your Crohn's um it's um maybe more easier in time but that's, that's kind of another thing isn't it uh speaking about your bag yeah it was definitely hard um I feel like because I now don't have it, it's made it easier to speak about it. However, I do wish that I spent more time appreciating what it did in the long run for my body rather than hating the way it was and hating the way it looked and felt. And it was just like, I, I made so many negative connotations with it. And I, I do admit to myself, I still do. I still, the thought of having one back again, it terrifies me. And I think slowly I will get out of that mindset and recognize all the good it did because I'm starting to now. But I do think it's really important for anybody that does have a bag to acknowledge how incredible they are and the fact that you do get your life back through them. And I do wish that I had appreciated mine more instead of wanting to get rid of it so badly. But I do feel like being a teenager and having a costume bag is very different than being an adult and having one, especially when you're still going through the changes and you're developing into a teenager from a child that was especially difficult yeah it's hard like it's hard like I think um however old you are when you get diagnosed with a chronic condition um if you're like young um if you're maybe teenager um older in life um but I've always said that um it's a it's a good thing to get um maybe diagnosed at a young age um because I think it's better getting diagnosed and like later on in life um maybe when you're a bit older because um you kind of have a you get an idea and then uh, like, 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 like with you Chloe you you got diagnosed quite young and, and now you know yeah. and then you've had like uh, all that experience now to to, 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 where, to where you are now yeah no I I definitely feel like I deal with it better because I've had years of experience up and down the chart of severity but like my my heart always goes out to anyone that gets a new diagnosis. It's, I feel like the starting point is always the hardest and it kind of 
I, recovery isn't linear is always the thing I say and there will be times when it goes up and it goes down and it goes left right and sideways and it's not a case of diagnosis the worst and then it gets better from here it will zigzag all over the place but it's how you deal with it and what you take from it that's the most important bit yeah because like it uh, like uh, affect everyone differently because like like it's very hard to get diagnosed really isn't it in the first place really difficult especially when it's constantly um confused with ibs quite a lot in terms of oh you've got diarrhea oh it's probably just ibs and then you've got to keep pushing it and actually getting another doctor to look at it a bit deeper is probably the hardest bit but i feel like if in your gut you know something isn't right my biggest advice would be keep pushing it until you get tests done because the minute you get tests done everything changes yeah you do kind of have to push and like push for yourself push to get appointments um maybe not your age because I, I i know when i pushed i, I wasn't the one that did it it was more my mum um yeah my, 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 my mum did it very um, much <laughs> yeah because uh i didn't know what was going on myself um yeah uh, i was the same yeah because uh for me i was losing a lot of weight um it i was um losing lots of weight wasn't anything quite a lot of pain in, in the stomach area um sharp burny pain and uh i didn't think anything of anything of it at first but and then down the line, getting um, diagnosed of it from having like a, a conolophopy, from having that prep, which is uh, not nice. <laughs> um, oh say my that. gosh, still the worst taste. Oh, yeah. gosh. Um, yeah, yeah and, and knowing that, um, like, if you do have a chronic condition like Crohn's disease or colitis, um, like, when you do get diagnosed with having like a conolophopy, uh, um, just know it won't be, it probably won't be your first one it probably have lows down the line yeah it I feel like it's definitely it's good to ask for sedation because I my first one I had done wasn't with sedation I wasn't offered it um and I was about uh, how old was I I was quite I was very young and I was absolutely traumatized from it I now say if you ever want to do one again you're gonna have to put me to sleep for a bit I just don't want to be awake during it but I know loads of people that have had really good experiences with it because they know what they know what to ask for they say I want sedation bish bash bosh it's done it's too simple it's easy so I feel like no like don't be scared to ask for things don't be scared to be like oh can I have this or can I have that because it's like Crohn's and colitis is uncomfortable enough let alone kind of like the tests on top of it so like feel okay to ask for it because they will do it for you to make you as comfortable as possible yeah and, and I think like you, you've got to kind of go go with your gut like a like a if you feel uncomfortable about, about something say it because like it's your body isn't it and um you just say what you feel yeah definitely yeah, and and like from having like the uh, cocono losopy, um, like having that done, I did have a. I've only had one ever since, really, but I, I could have had um, more. I probably will have more probably past the pandemic, um, but from that first one I had, it was a, uh, yeah, it was horrible, really, because actually I was in I, I, because that that prep is sort of empty. Um, your bowels, isn't it? Um, yeah. From, from everything you eat, but it, it was quite funny actually. Well, it wasn't funny at the time; it was horrible. <laughs> but now it is. It's funny. Um, I wasn't actually eating anything anyway um, because of my pain and how much pain I was in, how much weight I lost. Um, yeah. So I, I was kind of thinking to myself, um, do I actually need to take the prep um, because I'm empty? <laughs> um, yeah. But. I did take it and like although you post go to toilet quite a lot aren't you um from having that prep and uh, I, di- I I really did try to go but I couldn't um and um like my mum my, my and dad were thinking um how um uh, you might not be able to have the uh um procedure because you're nothing's coming out so um the consultant actually said as soon as I got there um you're empty you've got nothing in you so that 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 was quite good to hear but um I feel I kind of like the like the procedure more than actually the prep yeah oh god the prep it I can't even begin to describe the taste of it like 
Oh, no, it's it's one of those, I think it's one of those tastes that you will remember kind of like for the rest of your life. And you can have a laugh with other people like yourself that have had that, like, that experience. And it is like, when you look back at it, it's funny because you always go, oh crap, God, like worst drink ever. I would not recommend it. But yeah. it, it, there is a funny side in it. Yeah, like, um, like because it, like, I know what I did. Um, um, I actually put squash with it. So it maybe taste a little bit different, but it didn't. It, yeah, still it didn't help. Yeah, um, so you still taste that horrible thing, and but like, like she, I had it like um. I know people when you do have it, sometimes people do it like um in different days, don't they? They have um what like um down your throat one day and um down your bottom area another day. But um, I, 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 my appointment was both in one day, so that that was quite a a, a tough day, an exhausting day. Yeah, yeah. I mine was very much like that when I had um when I had my colostomy done, I had to drink I think it was three liters of clean prep, and that is a lot to go through. And I remember this nurse being absolutely wonderful and calling me the queen of clean prep because <laughs> um, I refused to have um, a feeding tube to have it so I was just like I'm just gonna drink it it'll be fine um, and then when I got my colostomy reversed I had to have it but through the other end and that was like I wasn't told about that having to happen it just kind of was like okay you come into this room and then we're gonna do this and I was like whoa okay this I don't remember being told about this and that was a really strange sensation it was really weird yeah and I and, and, and like with your um like your little bag um like like what because um because uh, I suppose that like you, you would have explained it to like other people like as well like um like it like like how, how do you think you've explained it to someone that maybe uh isn't is quite um doesn't really know, know about it um so the way I always describe it to people that ask kind of what my scars are from I always say that I always say to start off with it's a colostomy bag and basically what happens is is they take um a section of your intestine mine was my large bowel um they bring it to the surface of your stomach stitch it down and you basically have a bag over it that collects your waste um I always found that the easiest um to do and I'd always be followed with the comment oh so you poo out your stomach and I'm like <laughs> yeah basically basically that's what it is and after that, you kind of share a few jokes and bits and pieces. And it's quite simple, kind of like when you put it into perspective, it's just a lot of kind of like the names of it and having yeah. all these different kind of types of bags is sometimes what confuses people. Yeah, because uh, like you do get like um, like the, 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 like bags or like um, what people used to like the stone bag, aren't they? Um, with that, and maybe that can get a bit confused to like yours. So, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think it's just a case of like telling someone it's fine to not know them all. Um, it, it's fine. And it's also fine to ask questions. I feel like um, it's difficult sometimes for us to explain it. But I also think it's also very difficult for people to feel comfortable asking questions um, just because everyone's different. Some people like back when I was young, if anyone asked a question on it, I would be a very close book. Like, don't ask me. I don't want to talk about it. But I feel like more people are comfortable talking about it than not because it's it shows that people care and I feel like that's something that sometimes we're not that used to is people actually taking an interest in what it's like yeah yeah because like you, you like as you say you get those people who maybe don't want to ask because maybe it might, might, might upset you about talking about it yeah definitely yeah. and I like um Although, like, because you said you haven't got it anymore, um, like, uh, you, maybe you can talk about it even more because, like, the experience you had. Yeah, it, it was, um, I had a really bad relationship with my bag. Um, and I think it was just because of the age I was at, um, even though it, it completely helped my recovery with my fistulas and my abscesses, it completely cleared it. And it was the reason I got my life back in the first place. But I feel like because I was at, such a young age I didn't respect it and I didn't see the good in it and I was just obviously being constantly flooded with media's images of a perfect body and perfect women and boys then come into it and being at that age especially when you hit puberty it is very difficult to 
kind of grow up as a normal teenager but then also have to deal with that on the side and knowing that you don't look the same as everybody else yeah I, I can imagine because like getting diagnosed so young and having having the bag as well like that that, that, that can be really hard or like as you say when you hit like pu- puberty and it like it can be like hard for yourself but um like like you kind of have to just find a way to cope in your own way I think yeah definitely yeah and like it, it, it it's like it, it's good what you're doing Chloe because like sign like raise awareness like helping people I think uh, it's really good what you're doing thank you yeah and oh, I appreciate that yeah because like like not uh, it's it's quite hard isn't it like even just to speak about like your bag and like even coming on a podcast talking about it so I think that's really I do good. think it's important though I think I think things like having podcasts like this are so important just because the more that people talk about it the more it's kind of normalized and it it shows people that it's fine it's fine to talk it's fine to be open about it it's fine to be closed about it if you don't feel comfortable with it but there are hundreds of people thousands of people that are going through very similar things and the more you talk the better it will be yeah I, I, I definitely agree and like like um it's it's just it's a like it's good to talk about it and like just create uh it creates and like it helps people doesn't it um and not only people that have a chronic condition maybe people who are just getting diagnosed and maybe people that want to learn about it just to maybe help their families and just know about it themselves yeah definitely because it like the like because there's like oh, I know. It, it, like you can just see how many people do have like Crohn's chronic conditions colitis um it's quite amazing how people have it yeah I think it's definitely good mentally as well like I said like as much as Crohn's colitis and chronic conditions are a physical kind of illness it very much plays in mentally as well and you can have a lot of kind of add-on falls because of having those so I think that it is mentally refreshing as well to know that you're not alone and there are loads of people that are also going through the same kind of thing yeah like, of course and like I think we found today like we both we both learned something new haven't we um that like we, we, we take some similar like medication and yeah, definitely. yeah like, like I think that's really good to find people that uh, like have like um like similar medication and uh or and like maybe a similar age as well because I think um although like it's all over the place of ages with IBD but I feel like if you talk to someone who's a similar age to you that can really help yeah definitely I do think it is really helpful just because you'll kind of be going through the same thing especially um in the education process and kind of like hormones and age and all the things you have to deal with on top of having an illness I think it is really important as well yeah, it, it's very hard, and just uh, even if you're in that amount of pain you're in, and trying to explain while well, in pain, it can just be really, really hard and tiring. Yeah, definitely. So it is a, uh, um, it can be just like like with your mental health, like as we said, and um, especially in a pandemic, you know, like for some people, it doesn't really change uh, like um, how it's been really, and. And like uh, I've said before, like like with the coronavirus, and you can like people do do have it. Um, although it's a they're a little bit different, aren't they? Crohn's and coronavirus, but um, yeah, maybe they can get a sense of what people go through with a chronic condition that they have to stay in all the time, that they can't go out, and maybe relate relate a little bit. Yeah, no, I definitely think it is like a a lesson to learn for people that do take going out for granted in terms of just being able to go on a walk like you said earlier and not come back and not feel shattered it's things like that are sometimes a complete dream to us like it'd be great to go on a walk and come back and feel completely refreshed and fine but yeah I think that's really important like for your mental health as well um like to go out for walks um like I found out like to go um it's it's a chance to spend more time with family I like lots of people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, you, you, like, I think that's one of the the good things about this uh pandemic that um you might not spend as much time as you did with your family, but but now you can have that time. 
Yeah, no, I do think that's really important. Like you said, especially for like mental health and stuff, it's it's a hand in hand thing in terms of you've got to take care of your body and you've got to take care of your mental state. Yeah, and definitely like I've actually found going out um and try and find um like spaces where it's like maybe a field, you go you go walk on a field um um I think they're the best places like if you do have a chronic condition like us like with an a low immune system and just go out for a walk maybe for an hour um I feel that that, that it does help and I, I actually remember because you know when we got the letter straight away in the first lockdown um for, like saying you have, have to shield and yeah I, I felt even though you had the shield I felt that was the perfect time to go outside because um everyone's at that time everyone got told to stay in it was like um yeah so it was a, a very good time to go out because you you would find that not maybe not many people were actually walking going out so I, f- I thought that was really good yeah no I, I I liked I liked that it was quiet I liked that I felt kind of safe going out and I didn't really have to worry too much obviously you still have to be mindful of COVID and the other people that went out for their kind of like daily exercise but it, it did feel much safer knowing that the chances of you catching a cold from someone else which is also very kind of like having a cold is a massive deal for someone that has a really poor immune system which some people also don't recognize that having a cold to us is sometimes like having the flu because our immune systems are compromised and they don't react as well yeah definitely and I do find that like even before COVID uh, I was I always had like a like soap in my pocket because you've got like hygiene is a very important for us like with a chronic condition um yeah massively yeah massively yeah and just like like like, like you said chloe like a cold it, it, it's, it can be very bad for us so like, like um actually through this um like um just before lockdown hit um i was at college and i i um i decided not to go in for two weeks and actually for not going in for two weeks, two late weeks later, lockdown hit. But the reason for that was um, I was in like a math class and um, a helper teacher was like on my table. And um, because the coronavirus was heard of, it was getting more known. And um, I would say teachers weren't that fussed about it at that time. And yeah. um, no one at that time, no one was wearing masks or anything like that. And um, a teacher just sneezed out of the blue, um, um, just in free air, didn't put her hands on her mouth and nothing. And I quickly, uh, which does that because uh, of my anxiety and everything like that, I quickly run out of the class um, and I forget my bag. Um, so I kind of have to, I, I wait um, until the end of the class because there was only like 10 minutes left. And I go back and I get the bag. And then later on that day, actually, um, I saw her uh, in, in another lesson. It was like a P lesson at the end of the day, and um, she she came up to me and said, um, "Mason, um, have you got um, um, like because you you walked out earlier? Was, was that not an appointment or something?" And I I just said um I said this to other people in my podcast as well uh, that uh, I uh, I walked out because of um you you sneezed everywhere. You might have a coronavirus. You don't know. People don't get symptoms all the time. And she said, I don't have, um, I don't have coronavirus. And I, I just said, um, okay, but uh, you just don't know. And, and from that reason, and uh, people might, might maybe not been as um, having to think of it or more, more than me, um, I think uh, um, that that was hard. And I just, just decided that I'll do work from home. Yeah, well... Mine was very much kind of like similar in terms of I was getting um, kind of ill around obviously March when it first started coming out. Um, And I used to work in a retail shop in kind of like the middle of Oxford. And we had loads of tourists coming in kind of every week. So there was constantly people from other countries coming in. And around that time is when I got sick and then stayed at home. And then it turned out I did have COVID and at that point it was kind of like oh god right it definitely is here this is big issue and there wasn't really much on it at the time um it it was still kind of very new when everyone was a bit kind of freaked out by it but it just goes to show that it was it was there before we knew it and uh you can never be too safe 
Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're totally right, and like it, it kind of we kind of knew about it. Like I think it was first of January, wasn't it? Um, just after midnight, um, <laughs> um, earlier this year, and uh, like it, I think you're right. It, it was here. It probably was here some earlier last year, but I feel like um, I like uh, it, it. Like um, it's it's good that you fought it off um, um as well. Because it's it's very scary. I would have fought for you. Yeah, very. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, because like, it's like um, it, like just seeing like 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 yourself like saying about it because it it can it can be hard like speaking about it, like saying I've had coronavirus and maybe other people might say to you like just take um have, have a joke about it like like to you when it was serious. Yeah, it's. It's definitely finding the balance between knowing when to have a laugh about it and knowing when to not. I'm definitely not going to be joking about it anytime soon until it's like a good 10, 20 years later when I can kind of look back on it and be like, oh God, what a mess that was. And then have kind of a joke then, but whilst it's still kind of so fresh and it's still going on and obviously we're in lockdown too now, it is a long haul process, but hopefully, fingers crossed, next year will be a much brighter year. Yeah, well, we can only hope. I, uh, um, I'm uh, like, um, there was news of a vaccine as well, wasn't there? Um, yeah. And that that is a uh, like, um, like, because it's a list, isn't there? But for the vaccine, um, to get it as well. So, like, I think, I think I'm like in line. I like it goes goes normal, doesn't it? Like, I think like your consultants, nurses get it first, and you get in line. I think, I think, I think we're in. Um, um, six. So I think it's not good. Although, like some people may think that they're, they're vulnerable and they're, they're not in first and nine, I think um, it's kind of in, in a good way that you are maybe lower down in the list because you don't know how it's going to react. Yeah, exactly. I've I've said that I'm just going to see how it goes with other people, see kind of what the success of it is, and then kind of wait out if I'm going to go for it or not. Obviously, I'm I'm quite. I'm quite keen on guessing it, but I like you said, I'd rather see how it plays out first than jumping the gun and going straight in for it. Yeah, because uh, there, there was trolls for people, and uh, like because I, I I actually like had a look at it. Like, um, could, could, could I have a trial? Because I I was kind of keen to get the vaccine at the time, because it um and then it said uh because I'm on um high high um high high high, high medication, I can't actually do it. So um. So you don't know how to react. Uh, like hopefully, we can get it, and um, um, I think it's you got to wait like um, a couple of weeks for it to kick in as well. So uh, hopefully next year will be a better year, like, like, like you say. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Your fingers crossed, and like I feel like um, Chloe as well. Like 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 with Crohn's that um, pe- people like 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 especially like they they kind of think that. Uh, Maybe you're a bit of going over the top as well, like um, like just saying that you, you, you may be like um, like more risk coronavirus. Maybe you're you're, you're going over the top about it, but uh, for us, it's not going over the top. It's just because our health, isn't it? Yeah, it's. There have been a lot of kind of like times, especially in um secondary when I started talking about having Crohn's and stuff that people are often like, oh, she's just doing it for attention, and oh, she's just being dramatic, like it's not like she's young she's healthy how can that even be possible but it like it's not my decision a lot a lot of the time Crohn's can kill your kind of immune system but it's the medication on top of that there are actually the things that suppress how well your immune system can respond and if I had a choice then it would be obviously to not deal with this so why would I be trying to do this for attention when I could be like you out there living my life but it is definitely frustrating when people think it is just, you know, going over the top and for attention. But the question I always ask back to that is why would I take the time out to isolate and shield myself and reduce contact with other people when as a human being, you are naturally inclined to want to have that contact and want like, why would I be in at the moment when I could be at uni doing my degree? Like you've kind of got to weigh the practicality of it and be like, well, if I was doing this for attention, do you really think I would be taking all this time out? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that 
if uh, things were different and we didn't have a current condition, maybe you'd take a, and you do have an immune system, you'd take things a little bit more easier. So, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's a tough time, but just, well, like, I just want to ask you one more thing before we finish. Um, um, yeah. I asked this to most of my guests, actually. Um, uh, so uh, I'm kind of going to put you on the spot. Um, okay. <laughs> so what I'm going to ask is, um, like, like, like for people that have Crohn's, Clyde's, IBD, um, like, would, would you give any advice to them? And, like, maybe, like, for coping, like, with Crohn's or, like, like or, or in your experience? Um... I think my main bit of advice was just be honest with yourself. Um, don't feel shame in anything. Don't don't let it stop you from doing what you want with your life because you're kind of you're dealt these cards and know they might not always be like the best ones to be dealt with, but that shouldn't stop you from doing what you want to do and want to pursue. And you can decide how you deal with this. You can curl up in a ball and cry and sing about oh woe is me like I hate I hate this but you can also use it constructively and let it build you up as a stronger person and inspire other people that have to do like go through this and find connections and find people that respect you and just use it as a strength rather than a weakness that, 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 that's amazing Chloe that's a, a, a lovely bit of advice and I think that will help so many people and like especially what you do as well like with raising awareness for Crohn's like like I see like like map people you want to help and like um like as you say if you put it out there that you want to help people people will message back and that, that, they will get that help so yeah. yeah definitely so 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 thank you Chloe for um coming on um the podcast and like sharing your story because I think it's brilliant and uh um I think it's brilliant what you're doing thank you for having me it's it's, it's been really nice actually just yeah. chatting about it because I've never spoken about it in this much detail so yeah it's been nice yeah, yeah. it's been it's lovely hearing about it and I'm sure it's going to help lots of people and like like with your story um because um yeah it's a it's a really good story and it journey doesn't end does it it's, it continues on yeah, and on it, and on it will continue yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so thank you again chloe and and have a nice rest of the day thank you thank you